That was uh, just beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. What language was that? It's a language called Luya in Kenya, one of the languages in Kenya where I was born and where my parents were born. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. So Kenya is home for you? Yes. Is that where you were born and raised? Yes. Share with us a little bit about your childhood and did you grow up knowing who God was? No. I was... (laughs) I was a naughty kid. Um, <laughs> um, because everything I was told not to do, I did. If you go to my village, those who know me, they'll tell you there is not one tree that I never climbed. Mm-hmm. And as girls, we were not allowed to do that, but I did it. Um, but along the way, one of my aunties, my, a wife to my father's brother brought me to the Lord when I was about 13 years old. And then when I went to high school, life is different. Things are, there are more exciting things. So I'm not even thinking about this salvation that happened. Um, so backslid. But along the way, as we kept having school rallies on weekends, I rededicated my life to the Lord, mm-hmm. and it has been a beautiful journey for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Peter, 
Yes. Peter Garang, welcome. Yes. Thank you. It's great to have you here in Nashville. Thank you, Susan. Yes. Tell us, where are you from? First of all, let me say thank you for welcoming us here <clears throat> this morning. I'm from South Sudan, Peter Garang. Uh, my regard to you, my wife, Jim is back, and the children are greeting you. Mm, that's beautiful. I came from South Sudan. This is where I serve, in Vietnam. I think you know the name, Vietnam, very well. Mm -hmm. That's right. We've, we've had a lot of conversations about Vietnam. Right. Tell us a little about, about your uh, childhood. I think you shared with me um, that you didn't grow up knowing who Jesus was and that he loved you. Sure. I was born in a family who worshiped traditional god called Deng Yath. Deng Yath means the god of rain. They used to worship that god every year, and they celebrate by killing bulls in uh, like Christmas of their days, so they did not know Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, that's the god which helped them actually to give them rain, resources, many other good things that they had, and they were owning properties in terms of agriculture and cattle, Actually, our, our wealth was major in terms of how many cattle do you have. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of cattle and you have good uh, agriculture, then you are a rich person. Mm -hmm. So in that context, they did not even believe in Jesus Christ. And by coincidence, either by bad luck or good luck, in 1983, the war started in South Sudan. And as a result, I happened to be among the children that. Uh, ran away from home to Ethiopia, 1987, mm. when I was 11 years old. And this is where I come to meet somebody called Daniel Matiop Aguer. I don't know where he is now, but he's the one who shared the gospel with me, mm. telling me about the gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, separation of the goat and the sheep during the judgment day. And he was telling me what I don't even know, it was not in the scripture. That in your, your, how many hairs do you have? I say, I don't know. He said one of them will burn for a long time. But that tormented me. I did not sleep. Mm. So what do I do? He say go to church. So this is where I came and dedicated my life to God in 1988 in a place called Panyendo in Western Ethiopia. Mm. So this is how I come to know Jesus Christ. Mm, thank you for sharing. First in my family, actually, to be a Christian <laughs> is myself. And then the rest followed. Mm. Wow. It's beautiful. You know, one of the things that we have been talking about is in our Advent season is this nowhere town, this, how God shows up in these nowhere places uh, unexpectedly in places that we wouldn't expect God to do these miraculous things. God, God shows up. Tell us uh, about a time, uh, start with you, Rosemary, about a time where you thought like all hope was gone or how, how is God going to make a way in this? Like, how is he going to redeem this or change this? And how did God show up in, in that nowhere kind of place and turn it around? Thank you. Um, in 2013, we built a school in a place called Bor. And I went there, I think, early December 2013 to register the children so that they are ready to come to school the following year. And three days after I had gone back home, somebody called me from the capital city of South Sudan, Juba, and told me there was a lot of fighting and people were killing each other. 
After a few weeks, I found out that the school we had built had been taken over by the army of South Sudan. And along the way, it was like they were not going to leave. And we could not go back there. And that, that just devastated the organization, the people we were going to serve. And we also found out that the people had run away from that village. The only people who were left were old men and women who could not run. So when I asked where they had gone to, they said most of them have run into a refugee camp called Ajumani in northern Uganda. So the Board of Peace asked me to go and do some fact-finding. And when I went to one of the camps, I found children playing. And when they saw me, they started calling out my name. Mm. At first, I felt so sad because why would such children be living in a refugee settlement? They were ready to go to school, but now they could not go. Mm. But on the other hand, I said, Lord, thank you that there are some who are still alive, because most of them died along the way, but there were those who are alive, and they were here, they could recognize me and call my name. Mm. And after that, it is actually Fellowship Bible Church that gave us the very first $15,000 to build a school for those children. And for three years, that was the only school we had and the only two classrooms we had, and the children were very many. But right now, God has showed up in a mighty way. The school has six classrooms, 351 children. They eat breakfast, they eat lunch, they are in uniform, mm. they learn how to keep clean and healthy, something I could not envision when the fighting took place yeah. in South Sudan in 2013. Mm. Yeah. He's a marvelous God. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> Peter, what about you? You know, coming from, you know, being a lost boy to seeing what God is doing, where, where's a place that you look back and say, where God has shown up in a mighty way, where we didn't think that that would be possible. Yeah, thank you, Eric. And uh, with that background, I will already share with you. Some of us did not know one day you will become a leader of a people, will be able to help others. But uh, after I graduated in 2008, my first degree in theology, I was given a task to go and train pastors in Bor. But that did not work. I just trained them for one year, and then now I was called to Allah ministry in Baragaza region, a place called Lianam. This is where I joined Alams. And at the time, uh, in the village where there's no network, there's no internet, there's no roads, I cannot meet my family, and I was just uh, put there. It was like I was thrown away. And because of relationship with the people in the community of Lianam, I developed that love. I decided to quit, but God said, don't quit. I remained there, and through that work, I able to train pastors, fellowship came alongside, and we established a program called Pastoral Leadership Training Institute, PLTI. 
and that's as we speak now. We already graduated three batch. The batch that is now in session is batch four. And what makes it more important is that many of the trained pastors are planting churches and they are mentoring other leaders. Some of them went to the universities. Mm. Others come and even train PLTI students together with me. And I'm actually seeing the new uh, paradigms in leadership and life transformation in the life of the people whom we brought up. In another area are the women of Lianam. We're just desperate. They don't know what to do, but with the agriculture loans and microfinance project that you supported together with PLTI, their livelihood has improved. And some women have a testimonies of paying their school children fee, going to the clinics, and even hygiene and sanitation has improved, including the children that were just in the outskirts of the city. They can come now to, to Linda. They have been trekking, and they are still trekking now, some of them two hours, one hour, to go to school. Mm. By the way, for Americans, some Americans here will be like a miracle or something, a mystery. If you go to school footing for two hours, and then two hours back, and you don't even have a meal in schools, it sounds like crazy, but it is happening even now in Africa, mm. where I come from. And uh, this is Lianam, which was actually supported by you, Moses Majoki there. I have a video of what they have done and even uh, what the woman does and what the PLTI mm -hmm. does. So I'm seeing like a turning point in my ministry and my life. A lost boy become a leader of the people, not only in Lianon, but in South Sudan, Alam mm -hmm. South Sudan. I did not imagine that. Yeah. And even a lost boy coming to speak to this multitude in America. <laughs> it's a great, yeah. not me, but God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Yeah. That's great. You know, it's, it's wonderful to hear uh, just how God has worked in their lives and, and to hear these stories. Uh, Rosemary, you mentioned the school and the children in Ajamani, um, that these are children who have come from a war-torn country. Um, they also have mamas that, that are in the settlement as well. Can you share a little bit about what's happening in Ajamani with the women? Uh, like I said, apart from the school, you as fellowship also continue to give us money to fund the church leaders training in trauma healing and peace building. This has worked so well that even the prime minister of Uganda has testified and said, the work you are doing in the settlement we can see because there is no more fighting mm. in that settlement. Mm. So God is turning around lives. Another thing we are doing is empowering women. Women have learned to save money and lend to one another and they pay back with interest. So they are making money and doing things for their families that they could never do mm. before this began. And recently, I don't know if I should mention the name of the person who gave the support. She's from here, Michelle York, gave, gave us money to give them as a loan so that they can lend or borrow from it. It was $1,500. So they are going to use that money 
borrow and pay back with 5% interest, at the end of 12 months, they'll have made an interest of $1,000. So the principal comes back to us to give to another group, and life continues. The, the life is just building on top of, you know, everything is building on top of another. And then out of the 150 women, we also have 16 women who are interested in tailoring. So I know some of you in this church know that you gave us money to buy sewing machines a few months ago. The women are sewing and they are selling what they are sewing and making money. So their lives are changing. And this helps the women because they are the ones who are always with the children. And if they can feed their children, dress them up, and even get them to support them to keep clean. That is where we are with this. And mm -hmm. it is because of you that all this is happening. That's beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for sharing just the mm -hmm. impact that it's making, mm -hmm. not only with the children that they're in the school, but then the moms and how that continues mm -hmm. that process of, of just improving lives and yeah. um, seeing how God is blessing them in that way. Um, Peter, you mentioned Vietnam and, and how that's a familiar name to us, and, and part of that's because we have come alongside you and Alarm and the work there um, by helping with two different schools, the Linda Primary School and then the Hope Secondary School. Um, help us understand, you know, because schools are, it's a common place here, it's just something that you do. Why is it so important uh, for Vietnam to have these schools? Thank you, Susan, for the question. Uh, it is so important to mention those investments done by this body called Bible Church in South Sudan. The establishment of Linda Primary Schools in the village of Lianam has saved many people because I already mentioned that some came to school from a distance. And even some other children may not have an opportunity of going to school. But the fact that the school is within their community, they had to struggle coming in and and make that uh, opportunity available for their studies. So Linda Primary School is like uh, a resource center for Hope Science Schools. When people graduated from primary school, primary eight, they are now to go to Hope Science School, available science school in the, in the rich, because there are people who cannot even pay the school fees for the children, cannot even send children to boarding schools, so they can just do a day scholar, staying home, go to school, come back in the evening, mm -hmm. though with challenges. Uh, there's no food, but they have to persevere and do their studies. And uh, the beauty of that, that school has changed the life of the community, training many young men to be able to, to know how to, to work against this illiteracy in the community. And now, when the roof was taken off, it was like a big blow, mm -hmm. and you came in, and the roof was put back to its place. Mm. And it been referring on part of the Hoopsang school. Losing those two schools is like bringing darkness to Lianam. Make them operational is like actually bringing more light to the people mm. because mm. that's the only opportunity mm. in the community of 200,000 people who have no accessibility to education. So Hoopsang school is like now a passage of light to the people because from primary school, then we have Sun school. If they are not there, then there is doom in the community. Mm. What happened after the roof was put back? The schools and the parents 
they join hand together with Fellowship Bible Church, and the roof is back for Linda Primary School. Mm. Now, as we speak, they have a video of what you have done, and you will also look how the school looks like. Now they are back to class after they were under the trees. Some of them were almost leaving school, but now they are back to school. Mm. So they say, take our message to Fellowship Bible Church and say thank you. Mm. But they cannot thank you enough. There is just a token of appreciation. It may not be enough for all of you, but this will be in your office. <laughs> it is a token of appreciation that I will give to Susan. It is Fellowship Bible Church. So it is a beard, a small beard, but they do it in a way, decoration, so that it will be hung here to remember Linda Primary School and what you have done. Mm. So thank you. So that is a token of appreciation. They cannot send you dollars, <laughs> but they can send you a blessing mm -hmm. and what they do, which is very special to this place. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much. Thank you, brother. You know, one of the things uh, that I'm just so reminded of, of having you guys with us, is why we do what we do with global partnerships. Of, I don't know if you, you heard of Rosemary saying the UN and the prime minister of the country are coming to them and saying, hey, you're doing it right. And then Peter, you know, the, with the peace and the uh, bringing people that were once enemies and killing each other mm -hmm. now together and the gospel's at the center of it. You're doing something that we could not do. Mm -hmm. And we get a chance to come alongside you and support you and resource. Mm -hmm. And I, I, just love, I just love being able to, to see you guys and hear these stories because when you give... To global, global Christmas, you're giving to further this work hmm. in places we would not be able to go, but that desperately need to see the hope of the gospel lived out. And it's happening. And so we have an opportunity to, to come alongside you as leaders um, that we love and we have these long-standing relationships with and to support. And so we're just so grateful mm -hmm. uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. And just, just the, um, the joy that it is, but also just knowing what we're giving to is making such an impact mm -hmm. in, in an area. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to I talk specifically, uh, Peter, uh, you, you in this uh, season have asked for the global offering to go to pastor leader training. Why is that such a significant ask other than all the other needs that you could have asked for? Why is pastor leader training one of the things that you're really focusing on? Thank you, Eric. That is my tradition to say thank you. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, if I could teach everybody else when I ask a question to say, hey, thank you for asking yeah. that question. Yeah. Because if somebody gives you an opportunity to talk, that is an avenue, mm -hmm. isn't it? Right. So, it is. You're welcome, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. We are from before God, and then we are humorous and laughing, enjoying one another. It is important to invest in people because when you plant a knowledge in somebody, it will be able to help others. And this goes back to the scripture, what Paul says to Timothy, that you give this message to the reliable people who are able to teach others. Mm. So what we are doing is actually to further the kingdom of God and to plant the root of church. One of the writers says the, the, the church in Africa is like a big tree with huge branches, but with a shallow root. Mm. Why? Many people come to Christ not knowing the imp implications of faith. Mm. So we don't need actually to have that kind of illustration anymore. We need to do British football first, then they grow, they will be mature in Christ. Mm. 
So what we are doing is for generational transformation, training a pastor like the way I was trained. I was a lost boy. I did not know I would be a leader one day. But transformation through education, that helped me to help other people. Yeah. So we invest in people, and that's the one thing. Even if we go, it remains. Mm. The legacy remains. Mm. So what you are doing here is not in vain. You may put your hand in the pocket and you bring $100, and you go and sleep in your nice mattress. You drive on a very nice road. But that small money has done a lot of transformation somewhere. Mm. You don't know. And you will be accountable for it one day when many lives will be changed through your works. So it is not an easy thing. So investing in people is much paramount. Training these children in Uganda will make a transformation in South Sudan. Helping these children to know God and these pastors to know God, they will not be naive to share the gospel out of <laughs> ignorance. They will be able to share the truth of God mm. in our church. So we are not assuming, we are not doing assumption, we are mm -hmm. teaching the God we know, mm -hmm. the true God. So, and also it will help this issue of uh, Islamization and heresy. A pastor which is not trained cannot do that. Mm -hmm. But it needs you to stand your ground, teach the truth, truth, but nothing else. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, that's why it is necessary for the little dollar you drop, it transforms lives. But Peter Garang will grow old, others will come, and continue with the ministry, mm. yeah. then they will pass down to the next generation. Mm. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Rosemary, this year you've asked um, for funds to go towards the school. So I'm going to ask it in just a little bit of a, uh, a different way. What happens when it, if it didn't come in, the funding didn't come in for the school? When we started working in Uganda, the school was our entry point. And our ultimate goal is to lead people to have a personal relationship with Christ. And like I've mentioned in the, you know, just before this, the school started, but around the school so much has happened. So the school is like an attraction of so many other things that are bringing people around to know God. And if funding were stopped, it's like everything that happens around that is lost. Yeah. And the children we are helping to lead towards having a relationship with Christ is gone. And the leadership of South Sudan that we are trying to help so that we have leaders who are educated and know the Lord will be lost. Mm. But if we have these children trained, educated, trained, and led to Christ, they will go back to South Sudan, and we can talk about a new South Sudan, because it is being led by people who are educated and who know the Lord yeah. as their savior, and know peace and know how to live with one another. So. Funding stopped, desperation back again, and yeah. we leave them maybe worse than we found them. Mm. So one of the things I think is so important for us to, to know and remember, and, I, and, and you reminded us of this um, in, another, in another conversation, that South Sudan is really one of the, the newest countries in mm -hmm. the world, mm -hmm. and that you guys are actually training leaders and educating the future generation mm -hmm. that will establish a foundation yeah 
for this new country, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal work to think about like what you guys are doing mm-hmm. uh, in that area of the world. Uh, Rosemary, I want to ask you to speak to um, us as a body, as I know mm-hmm. many of us in this room are, are dealing with circumstances that we feel like we're in one of those nowhere town type places that how is God going to work in a difficulty in my marriage or maybe you're out of a job or a a kid or there's some situation where you're just like you just don't know how God is going to work or make a way. Rosemary, I would just love for you just to speak in those situations where you felt that exact way. Mm. What would you say to those of us who are facing those situations in our life? How would you encourage us to stay stay the, the course? One of the things I realize every day is that when you are a child of God, there's a time you find yourself in that valley of dry bones. You are there alone. And the only other person with you there is God. I have been there. I was there. I know many of you are there. I don't know what... It could be that makes you feel you are in that valley of dry bones, that each one you touch is dry. There was a time with my four girls, I didn't know what was going to happen the next day, how I would find money to buy their food, how I would find money to pay their school fees, how do we pay rent, I mean, everything was just dark, but in that darkness, there's always a little light that shines when the Lord reminds you, I am still walking with you. There are times you feel you can't make the next step from where you are standing, because you are done. There is nothing, you don't see any hope. But I tell you that little light and that little voice that comes to tell you, make that one step. Maybe it's the step that is going to make the difference. Make it, it will be painful. It will take a struggle for you to make it, even just lifting that one foot to make that one step. I was there, I left with my girls, we walked away. We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't know what life would be. But the Lord had made a way ahead of us. God has made a way ahead of you. Through that pain, the way opens slowly, slowly as you keep walking and trusting the Lord. He comes through in a way you have never imagined. Uh, Just this morning, somebody greeted me and said, hi, beautiful. The Lord has made me beautiful, it's not me. Because there was a time when I was broken into very many little pieces. But when I trusted the Lord, it didn't take a day, it didn't take a month, it didn't take one year. It was a long journey. But during that journey, God was picking up those broken pieces and putting back together this beautiful rosemary that I can leave my home and go to northern Uganda 
and meet those refugees and tell them it shall be fine. Mm. God will make a way for you. And as I speak to you this morning, I know you've seen the photographs of my daughters and my grandkids. Beautiful. Mm. Who would never know? Yeah. Who would have ever known Rosemary would bring up such kids? and have such beautiful grandkids and women who are educated with wonderful husbands who only call me mommy they never call my name that is God's grace and that is what God can do for you he will pick up those broken pieces he'll put them back together the way he wants them to be the way he wants you to be the way he wants your life to be and it will be a beautiful thing that will come out. Mm. When I was younger, we always sang a song that said, pick up mm. the broken pieces and bring them to the Lord. He will put them back together and make them complete. Mm. That is the only message I can give you this morning, that he will pick them up, put them together, and make them whole, not only whole, but beautiful. Mm. That's thank beautiful. You. Rosemary, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Rosemary. When I look at you and the way you talk, it brings me back to the songs I get in the iPad that given to me by Brother Mike. Says, uh, the song says, Cast your curse on the Lord, it will sustain you. Mm. It's only the one to sustain you. Yeah. My last message to you is to say thank you for what you have done to me as a person. Peter Grang is the one you supported last time for the house. Mm. And I, my house is almost ready. Thank you so much. <laughs> you make me feel like, even if I work for a lamp for many years, I cannot get that many you give to it, my support. Why do you do that? It is because you need to help me from the suffering I suffered in Lianam and bring me closer to my family. Mm. And that is my dream and my prayer that peace come to South Sudan so mm -hmm. then my family and I stay together in one room, mm -hmm. a blessed house. Mm -hmm. The man is dead as a right source. May God Almighty bless you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you both. Thank you for coming today. Don't you wish we had more time to hear more mm -hmm. stories? Um, after this service, we're going to be down front. You have a chance to come up and hug their necks. Um, but if you do want to hear some more stories, if you have some specific questions from something that they have shared, we will be in the barn over here after third service at 1230. We're going to get to hear more about the ministries, about the Hope Secondary School and Linda and the roof that was blown off and put back on, um, the work that's being done in Ajamani. We'd love for you to come over and hear. Um, but right now I want to take this opportunity after hearing all that God has done through them and just ask him to continue to bless them mm. and to continue to bring our broken pieces into um, the movement that allows him to be glorified. Mm. So if you'll bow your heads with me. Mm. Father, um, we do again just say thank mm. you. Um, thank you for the sacrifice that mm. allows us to sit here uh, for the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that allows us to freely come to you um, and pray to you and, and glorify and honor you. Father, this morning we've been able to hear of the work that you have been doing. 
God, we know that um, the stories that we have heard from Peter and Rosemary are just a small part of the bigger picture of the work that you're doing in South Sudan and Uganda. And God, as a fellowship uh, family, we say thank you for letting us uh, get to be a part of it. Thank you for calling us to be on journey with the work that you're doing through peace and alarm. Uh, Lord, we just ask that you continue to bless that work there, uh, that you continue to show up in those surprising ways, uh, doing what only you can do uh, through our broken pieces. Uh, Lord, we look forward to the day uh, when we stand before you in person and we get to see these lives, these pastors from South Sudan, these children in Ajamani, uh, and we get to see them face to face. And we all get to sing and glorify and say, thank you, Lord. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much.